What do you look for in a good leader? What do you look for in a good leader? Forbes magazine says that a sense of humor, creativity, and a positive attitude are among the top 10 traits that a leader needs in order to be a great leader. I mean, certainly the ability to connect with your employees because you have an approachable personality is important. Uh, I think that being creative, being innovative, doing something that no one else has done before uh, can help your company grow. Or even being positive or at least looking the part, even though you may not feel like it, uh, motivates your employees to do uh, what you've asked them to do. However, in our passage um, this evening, we're going to look at Jesus, who, despite being God, claims that the greatest trait of any leader is to be a servant. Despite being God, Jesus does not exempt himself from service. Instead, he leaves behind all the rights of divinity in order to come and to serve by dying on the cross does not exempt himself from service, but leaves behind the rights of divinity in order to serve by dying on the cross to pay the price of sin. So let's go to God's word um, and read from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 10, verse 45. Mark, chapter 10, verse 45. is God's word. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. From this verse, the first thing that we see is that Jesus does not exempt himself, the Son of Man, from a life of service. Jesus does not exempt himself, the Son of Man, from a life of service. Jesus begins the verse with this phrase, for even the Son of Man. Who is the Son of Man that Jesus is talking about? The Son of Man is a title, a name that Jesus uses for himself in order to proclaim his divinity. The phrase Son of Man was used by many Old Testament prophets to point to someone who God would eventually give all authority and dominion to. And so Jesus uses this name, the Son of Man, in order to declare to the Jews who knew the Old Testament well that he was this person that God had given all authority to. But not only does, not only does Jesus claim that God has given him all authority, but Jesus also claims to be God himself, to be equal with God. So what does it mean that Jesus is equal with God? It means that Jesus as the second person of the Trinity, was also present at creation. It means that he was with God at the beginning, before anything else ever existed. Not only was Jesus at the beginning with God, but the Apostle John goes further and says that Jesus is, in fact, God himself in the flesh. He then goes on to say that Jesus was responsible for creation, 
that at the word of the Father, Jesus brought forth everything into existence. That Jesus was obedient to every command of the Father. So what if he is God? So what if Jesus is God? What does this have to do with him excluding himself, not excluding himself from service? First of all, if, and I should say since, uh, he is God, then he is creator. And if he is creator, not only did he bring forth all the planets, moons, and stars into creation, but he brought forth all living things, including human beings, us. What makes this single fact about who Jesus is so important? It's that Jesus, being creator, means he deserves worship, deserves praise, deserves honor. Picture in your mind a potter who has just finished his masterpiece. Does he not look at his finished work and bring glory to himself because of what he's made? And what better thing could his masterpiece be used for than to be what it was designed to do? And so it is with Jesus. Jesus who made us his masterpiece calls all created things to bring him the glory and the honor that he deserves and to serve his purposes. This means that Jesus is completely deserving of praise and honor as our creator. What better thing could his creation do other than to bring glory to his name and to bring honor to him? After all, without him, they and the rest of us would not exist. Another thing to note is that he also willingly gives up all the rights that come with being God. Willingly gives up all the rights of being God. What does it mean for Jesus to come to earth? I assume you guys all came here, but that also means you left from somewhere. um, Whether it be from school, from home, from dinner. But you all left somewhere to come here. And so it is with Jesus. He comes to earth, leaving heaven. He physically leaves heaven where his throne is in order to come here to earth. But that's not all that Jesus left behind. Jesus leaves behind all the praise and the worship that the angels and the saints give him in heaven. The Bible says that in heaven, all the angels and the saints are singing to him all the time. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. This worship and this praise is what Jesus rightfully demands and deserves completely. And yet, instead of staying in heaven in the the comfort of worship and praise, he leaves it all behind to come to earth. And what does he find? What does he receive when he comes to earth? Does he find and receive the praise and the honor that he was so accustomed to receiving in heaven? No. He comes. And as a prophet Isaiah, who spoke by God's spirit over 700 years before Jesus was even born, said that Jesus was despised and rejected by men. 
So instead of receiving the praise that he once received in heaven from the angels and the saints, he instead is hated and rejected by men. The Gospels tell us that Jesus was spat on, mocked, ridiculed, and hated. And that certainly isn't worship. Not the worship that he was accustomed to in heaven. And yet, it is for this kind of people, people who hated him and spat on him and mocked him, people who ridiculed him, for these people that Jesus would come to serve by laying down his life as a ransom. Jesus comes to serve by laying down his life as a ransom. Jesus says that's his mission. His purpose on earth was not to be served, but to serve. As we saw earlier, Jesus, as God, rightfully deserves to be served, worshipped, and praised by men whom he created. Um, And as our creator, he has every right to demand that from us. However, he is far from demanding that service. Instead of commanding that service and worship from us, which he had every right to do, he gives us the choice to worship him, to serve him. And when you give someone a choice, there is inevitably the possibility that they do what is wrong. And so we have done that. And so Adam and Eve have as well. When God created the first man and woman on the earth, Adam and Eve, he placed them in a garden of Eden. He desired for them to obey him and to enjoy him and to bring glory and honor to him. He places a tree in the middle of the garden and commands them not to eat of it, but gives them all the fruits and the trees in the garden to eat. Instead of trusting God's wisdom, instead of trusting that God was enough to satisfy them, that that was all they that he was all they needed to enjoy. They chose to trust themselves and desired their own wisdom apart from God's. And so it is with us. We daily choose our own wisdom, daily choose to, to fulfill our desires and not God's, and to bring glory to ourselves and not him. It is for these people, for us, that Jesus comes to serve by dying. And so Jesus comes to serve by dying as a ransom. Because of our disobedience, because of our desire for our own glory, we've sinned against God. The Bible says that our sin leads to death and that we rightfully stand condemned before a holy and righteous God. We owe a price for sin and that price is death. In in sinning, Uh, We deserve death, forever separated from God, uh, eternally in hell. But Jesus dies as our ransom. Ransom is a price that is paid to free someone. What is that price? That price is the death that we owe as a result of our sin to God. And so Jesus serves us willingly by laying down his life. He pays our price by being our ransom. He pays the debt that we owe to God by dying himself. And by paying that price, 
he reconciles our relationship with God, making peace by that blood that he shed on the cross. So God, through Jesus, offers forgiveness and a right relationship with him on the cross. Forgiveness always comes at a price. Either the offender must pay the price, or the offended must pay. God could have easily demanded that we pay our price for sin. And he would have been right in doing so. But God, in his love and his mercy, doesn't pursue this route. He instead chooses to pay the price himself through the death of Christ on the cross. He gives up his son in order to reconcile the relationship that was once broken by sin. If you're visiting with us and you know yourself not to be a Christian, we're glad that you're able to join us uh, and to see us celebrate uh, the death of Christ as payment for sin. And God makes that offer available. Uh, He has paid the price for that reconciliation, for the forgiveness of sin. So if you've not trusted Christ um, as the Savior for your sins, as the forgiveness of your sins, who will bear the price of your sin? Who will bear the price of your sin? God, in an act of grace, has offered up Christ as that payment, as that price. For those of us who are Christians, uh, who have believed and trusted in the blood of Jesus Christ uh, as payment for our sin, is our, are our lives marked by a life of service to others? Is our li- are our lives marked by, a ser- uh, by service to others? We have no excuse. The God of the universe, creator of everything, humbled himself and became a servant to sinful and disobedient human beings. Since Jesus has given up all the rights of divinity in order to come to serve by dying as our ransom, how much less do we have to give up in order to serve and bring glory to God the Father? Christ calls us to daily die to ourselves, our desires, our wants, our hopes, and our dreams to follow him. Following Christ means serving as Christ did, giving up our rights and desires in order to serve his. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We praise you that you are a holy God who does not look upon sin lightly, who is just. Uh, Yet we thank you for being a gracious God who, despite our sin, sends Christ to die in our place, to pay the price for us, for the sin that we deserve. Jesus, we thank you for being obedient to the Father's will, for laying down your rights in order to serve and to die. Holy Spirit, would you remind us daily of the price that has been paid for our sin, that we've been purchased and redeemed because of the blood of Christ. So God, we thank you again for your love and your grace that drove you to send Christ 
and to save us from sin. Would you ingrain that in our hearts where our lives reflect the servant attitude that Christ carried with him? In your name we pray. Amen.